This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you want interesting and entertaining debate on the Premier League and other English leagues, but from a show that doesn't take itself too seriously, then check out The Whistleblowers. It's a weekly football podcast hosted by me. I used to play football, Martin Gritton, uh, stand-up Mark Smith when he can, and music manager Gareth Dobson, who uh, always has plenty of good chat, being a Spurs fan. Um, We basically get football writers in to have a chat as well and we talk about the spoilers that matter in English football whether it's on the pitch or off it it's free to listen to iTunes, Acast Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts uh, or you can download the Whistleblowers app and follow us on Twitter at Football Podcast Cheers Welcome to the Man City Show it's Nigel Rothman back in the chair so it's been quite a week Pep's signs for another two years Sergio's back well albeit on the bench but City lose again in the league, this time away at Spurs. We are lying in 13th place on just 12 points. The good news, of course, is that our relegation rivals, Fulham and West Brom, also drop points. Uh, we need 28 points, I think, now to secure our safety. Um, to discuss that and much more, I've got three guests, all of whom have signed their own contracts to appear on the Man City Show for a further two years. And they are. And welcome to Rob Barron, CTID. Hi, Rob. Hello, Nigel. A view from a blue, Stephen Allwise. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Nigel. And our good friend, Nick Goldstone. Hi, Nick. Hello there, Nigel. Listen, can we, uh, before we talk about sort of Pep specifically, can I just talk about what's gone wrong? Rob, do you, do you want to kick off? What, what, what's gone wrong here? Well, it's very disappointing, but it's not entirely surprising. Um, the... The spine of the team is in renewal and key players are not playing very well. And as has happened for the last season and a half, uh, City are missing chances and they're only playing 45 minutes instead of uh, two full halves. And if you add all those things together, uh, they're way off um, their potential and uh, there's no getting away from it. Key players not playing well. Stephen, is, is that what it's about? Only playing 45 minutes. Has Rob got it about right, or is there a bit more to it than that? Yeah, I, I think that's right, 
to a degree. And so many people will say, oh, we've, we've lost the spark or players are injured or, you know, we're not the same team. David Silva's gone, company's gone. I think Rob's actually right. There's been patches in games this season, even the Leicester game, where obviously the result was, was embarrassing at the end. The first half hour was unbelievable football. Mm. Um, you know, we were pressing high, pinging the ball around, creating chances and taking the lead as well. It's just, we've not either been able to keep that level consistent for long enough, or there are games in this weird season, and we know it's going to be an odd one, where we're just not reaching that level at all. So, of course, having Aguero out and Jesus out for a while and Fernandinho missing and, and all the others, it, it will have an impact. But I just wonder if there's something slightly deeper there as well. Nick, what, do you think there's something slightly deeper or do the guys have, have summarised it pretty well? Well, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a complacency deep, deep down in the heart of this, which is, which is worrying to me. I think, uh, you know, to paraphrase what Pep said after after the game at the weekend, you know, we, which was something along the lines of, we did everything that we were doing two years ago or last year when we scored over 100 goals. Uh, yeah, we are, but everybody knows it. It's we're an open book. We're there for everything, everybody to see, and we're doing the same thing over and over again, and everyone else has moved on. I mean, I have I have read this and I've seen this, Nick. But but to be fair, I would say that teams even you know three four years ago were were, were lining up the way they are against City. But we we used to be able to find a killer pass. We used to be able to penetrate defenses. We used to take our chances. So you know, I, I, I wouldn't say it's anything new, is it? It, it? It's exactly how it's been. But but something's changed. Rob, Rob what what is it that's changed? That, that something's changed, surely. Well. Uh, one of the things that I noticed was how brilliant our players were in the international in midweek <laughs> and how less brilliant they were playing at the weekend. Now, that may, you know, that may be related, um, but <clears throat> you can't uh, continually create opportunities and miss chances in the way that uh, City consistently do and expect uh, to come through it. So... Um, you know, some some critical mistakes have been made, not to replace or add to the uh, the attacking potential uh, this season. I think was probably a mistake in the summer. I don't really understand why that happened. We've now made our bed with the two twin centre halves who who messed up on at the weekend. But I wouldn't I wouldn't say that was a mistake at all. Um, uh, it's it's the central midfield that is 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 a worry to me, and I don't really think that those who are there are playing to their full potential. Gundogan, for example, Rodrigo. Um, that's not the class that we expect. And Stephen, you, you mentioned David Silver and picking up on what Rob said about the midfield. I, I read that Real Sociedad, I think, have won seven in a row. Uh, they're top of their league by three points and 12 <laughs> points out of Barcelona. That, that's not probably a, a coincidence, is it? We've lost him, and, and look, what, look what he's look what he's done for them. That, that's some record, isn't it? Yeah, well, he's. I think he showed even after maybe a 
a, a season where he wasn't at his best after lockdown when football came back. He was brilliant for us. But I, I think part of the issue is actually, and it might sound odd to say this with Pep, he's almost gone too defensive at times. And his way of making up for the vulnerability to counterattacks or, or the issues in midfield is to keep Walker a lot deeper um, and use his pace to snuff out any issues at the back, which is fine, but it means you've not got anyone bombing down the right wing or you've not got his pace in the final third. Hmm. And we've seen Rodri in midfield isn't capable of doing the job, the one-man band that, that Fernandinho was for so long. And therefore, Gundogan has played almost as that double role in there, which again negates us from an attacking perspective. So... I think Pep's almost tried to lay the foundations, and I think Diaz and Laporte will be a very solid centre-back pairing, mm. um, and they're not going to be the only defenders troubled by Kane and Son this season. But it's almost defensive third to snuff out that threat, and it leaves us one man short, maybe in attack, or we've not got that energy going forward. So but it's a balance, and, and Pep's paid big money to sort it out. But uh, as Nick said very early on, it's the frustration is that this is quite predictable now, that sort of performance that we saw at the weekend. And it feels, Nick, a little bit like Pep's first season as well, doesn't it? And, and people people say we need to rebuild, and yeah, it started partly, and, and a number of you have mentioned the new centre-back pairing, and I agree. I, I, just because one game doesn't mean to say they're, they're bad players or it's not going to work. I feel very confident about those two. But it does feel as though a, a bit of a rebuild is needed. A lot of people talking about that and using that very expression. Is that how you see it as well? Yeah, kind of. I mean, it, it's got a little bit about... about about it of his first uh, year, but I think more worryingly, it's it's got a bit more about it of um, his predecessor's last one or two years, where there was a real sort of dirge um, of of spark and and um, and ambition around the whole place, and and it just felt like people were sort of just turning up and doing just about enough and, and and waiting for the next big thing to come along. And it, it really does feel very, very flat now and predictable. Um, you know, this, it, it, I, I, I suppose it's, you know, we've got to talk about the specifics of, of, of Spurs and, um, and the game at the weekend and not just in general terms about how things are going this year, because we've had our ups and downs. No, I'm keen to do yeah. that. So, so you, you yeah. kick off for us, Nick, and give us a give us your view. A lot of people said it was a, a Mourinho masterclass. Is is that how you describe it? Well, well, yeah, but it was made so easy for him because because it wasn't like he pulled something out of the bag that he's never done before. He's got he's got a very very talented front line. He's got Kane working very, very well as a, a sort of deep-lying number 10, if you like. Um, and that's been... It, it's not exactly exactly something that that, 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 that that nobody knows about. We've seen it week in, week out for the past few months. Kane and Son have been... You know, admittedly, they've been tearing teams apart um, at the sort of mid and lower levels quite easily. Um it, we all knew what they were going to do. It was a sort of Leicester plus plus. Hmm. That, that, that they'll, they'll, they will sit deep. 
they'll wait and then they'll use Kane as a as a as a pivot in the centre circle and they'll and they'll knock the ball out and 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 they'll make chances and we just played into their hands. That, that's be, a really worrying be, thing about it. To be fair, we started. I thought the first half. I thought we played pretty well, didn't we, Stephen? I thought that was a a, a decent half of football for City. Okay, yeah, they they hit us on the break after five minutes, whatever. But but I didn't think we played that badly in the first half, did we? No, no. I think you're right. I think we we played well. Um, you know, the first fifteen twenty minutes, it was all City. But we've done yeah. that in other games this season um, without getting the goal or without you know killing the game off. Um, but it's a hard one. There, you know, it was baffling. I think on team selection to see Foden on the bench, um, full of confidence after scoring a couple of goals for England. Um, he's done well out wide for us this season. I know Pep's not so keen on him through the middle, but Mares is having a tougher time this season. Foden does give you that energy. Um, it just felt we've seen that game so many times we've seen it in previous years it's not just a, a symptom of what's happening this season but then it, it took so so long for Pep to make any changes um, yeah. but we could all see what was going to happen Rob is that is that how you saw the match itself as well is that a fair assessment well I, I think there's a danger in us speaking with hindsight if, if Pep first of all had not signed his contract people would have said it's an intimation that uh, there's an unsettled camp who want to know what's going to happen. But, of course, that wasn't the reason. The margins around the game are very small indeed. So um, who would have thought that Edison would have had a bad game, which he did on Saturday? Uh, De Bruyne, the two, didn't play well. The penalty, um, uh, the disallowed goal, that, you know, that is very contestable. City were very unlucky to be denied that goal. And yes, I, I'm a great fan and supporter of Pep, but they were slow to use substitutes at the weekend for someone who's constantly going on about needing five substitutes. He doesn't use the three that he's already got at the moment. So, you know, there's not very much to change in order to make that a different game. What's your view, Rob, on, on Foden? I'm interested to hear Stephen very articulately mentioned his excellent performance for England, scored a couple of goals. He does add that energy, as Stephen rightly says. Your, your thoughts on maybe why Pep's not playing him as often as maybe we as fans think he should? Well, perhaps uh, he has an eye to the Champions League game on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that uh, Foden is exciting and a game changer in every game that he plays but I think it's naive to believe that he can do that every game so I think Pep is protecting him he's not uh, it's not that he doesn't regard him well and uh, in comparison to last season uh, there is an indication that that Foden is absolutely central to the success of of the team uh, who on the Spurs team stood out for you then, Rob? I mean, people talk about Harry Kane being a, a possible target uh, for City. It, it, it's I don't know whether it's smoke without fire, whether, whether there's any re- realistic op- possibility of him joining City, but uh, I thought he looked particularly good, and, and Son always looks dangerous. Those, those two have already been mentioned, and they stood out for me as being a, a real threat throughout the whole game. They, they were both excellent. They were both the outstanding uh, players in the team. 
the idea that Kane is going to want to come to City, uh, I think, is mythical. Why would he want to come to City when Spurs have got a chance of winning the title? So I, I don't think that does it for me. I mean, I mean he's a, an outstanding player and he played beautifully for England. I hoped he would be tired, uh, but he, he wasn't. Um, so uh, it's not Harry Kane that we need to solve our problems, I don't think. So, so, so Nick, help us work out where we do need strength. We've talked about rebuilding. We've talked about strengthening. Can we, can we put some specifics around this then? I, I'm... I'm interested to hear your thoughts, Nick, on maybe where and the sort of names you've you've heard of who might be able to fill those spots. And any, any thoughts on where Pep might start this rebuilding job? Well, I think Harry Kane has certainly um, got to be pretty near the top of the list because he's he's an outstanding player and he's and he's been an outstanding player for some years now. Uh, he's being very well utilised by Mourinho at the moment. Um, and actually, he's he's starting to show that he is um, more than just uh, a number nine, a centre forward, but he's a he's a playmaker and a and a, and a maker of chances, and, and and that's the kind of player that you would think that um, Pep would be particularly interested in. But it's 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 that kind of player, and it's that kind of world class striker um, that we certainly need to be looking at. There's no doubt about it. Uh, 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 um, Sergio Aguero is, is, you know, is un- undoubtedly one of, if not the greatest player ever to play for City, but his, his time is clearly coming to an end one way or another, whether it's age or injuries or, or both. And um, uh, we certainly need some very, very serious uh, support in that part of the team, no doubt about it. So if it's not That's Harry good. Kane, then it's one. It's one other of of a small number of of the very very best strikers in the world in the world game. Stephen, your thoughts on striker uh, is Kane the man, and, and where else you think in in the squad we need strengthening in the part of this rebuilding process we're we're allegedly going through. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree bang on with Nick about Kane. I think he, in many ways, is as close a replacement to Aguero as you're going to get for a guarantee of goals. But also, as as was said, he's shown a bit more in in maybe the last last few months of, of what he can add to his game. So someone of that ilk who will put the ball in the net, I, I also think left-back. Um, for us not to have signed a left-back in the summer, we know Mendy... If he plays 20 games on the trot, it's great because he does give you that presence down the left and, and crossing the ball in. But we can't trust him for, I think, on and off field issues at the moment. Cancelo cannot defend. I, I think he's um, will will see the folly maybe of playing him at left back. Um, Zinchenko's limited, does a decent job, tries hard, but you know isn't the the quality we need. So I, I think we have to buy a left back and. The more you watch someone like Chilwell for Chelsea this season, you think we could have gone for him. Um, and in midfield, Rodri, I'm not sure, is quite good enough um, at the level we need to be. Um, and there's so much onus on De Bruyne, almost single-handedly, these these games to create for us. Um, 
then it means he has to carry more of that burden. And if he has an off game or, you know, hasn't quite got his range of, of passing, um, we feel that impact enormously. So look, it's always going to happen when you when you sing, oh, we need a rebuild, we need to bring in lots of faces. You just, you almost throw out these positions and names and, and price tags. But that's the reality that this squad is not too dissimilar to what we saw a few years ago. And um, maybe it does need freshening up. A name, a name that's also I've, I've seen thrown into the mix, uh, Rob, is, is Jack Grealish. Yeah. Uh, I, again, I don't know your thoughts on whether that's a, a realistic prospect and whether you, you you fancy seeing his sky blue socks down by his ankles uh, playing playing at the Etihad. Well, Grealish has uh, developed in the last eighteen months from being a talented but slightly lazy player into a formidable England international. And the, the sight of him and Foden playing for England was, was magnificent. And, you know, Foden was just as good as him. I, I would love to see uh, Grealish and De Bruyne and Foden play together. I think that would be magnificent. And I, I, I know I'm in the minority, so I, I accept that. But I would much prefer Haaland to uh, Harry Kane. Uh, and, and Why? Uh, just, just, just while you've mentioned his name, he's another one that's been there. Just because yeah, his because his dad played for City. No, because he's much younger. Um, I mean, the the problem about Kane is that he's one kick away from from having a further decline in his pace and capacity to play. Although I accept he has expanded his game, um, but but we need to be investing in younger players, not not people on the verge of. Uh, uh, turning the corner. I also agree about Men- Mendy. You know, Mendy, I, I, I like him very much. He's a good guy, uh, but he's not a consistent footballer. And it's time we said thank you and goodbye to him. I, I heard somebody just try and try and get in. Yeah, sure sorry, Nigel, it was me. I was. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I don't disagree with with Rob at all about Harland. Harland's a phenomenal. Phenomenal prospect, um, and um, you know would be an an, in, a, an incredible buy for, uh, for City. I think the, the thing about the, uh, about Kane, he's got his he's got his pros and cons, and I think he's absolutely right that uh, you know he's a bit older. He's been he's been around for quite some time now, and he is one or two sort of big big knocks away from a from a bad injury, you know, another bad injury, and. Um, I, 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 the, the, there's, there's no doubt about that, but um, but you know the fact is that we've got to get one of these guys. It's yeah. got to be one of these guys that are absolutely top drawer and world class. The you know the, the best thing about Kane, if you like, apart from everything that he does on the pitch, is that you'd be you'd be weakening one of your rivals at the same time as strengthening your own um, squad. And I always like that about buying players who are already in in the Premier League and. Um, Playing for, playing for some of the top teams, but there's no doubt that that a that a Harland would be a phenomenal a phenomenal signing. But we've really just got to get back to buying at that sort of level and not accepting anything less. You know, and with that in mind, uh, guys, I think having Pep signed for another two years that that presumably gives us a better chance to sign the Harlands of this world, the Canes, the Greedishes, whoever whoever else might be on the shopping list, but. But sort of moving away from the Spurs game and City's 
slightly disappointing start to the season compared with previous seasons. Uh, let's just focus on, on Pep for a second. And as I say, Stephen, him signing for another two years means that we've got a better chance of getting some of these top players, you would argue. Oh, absolutely. And I think for all the the negativity and the potentially a bit of criticism that we've given him recently, I think we were all delighted he signed that new contract because the impact he had in his first few years and the, the transformation, the style of football and the success we've had are, are so, so much down for him. So brilliant news that to counter all of that, how it looks um, as if we might be going after Messi again, who is certainly not the young um, Premier League proven talent that people want, but you'd have to think that the Messi and Guardiola links will, will be there for a reason. Um, but I think more generally, Pep being there and the impact he's, he's generally had on players um, means that we will be in pole position, including, let's not kid ourselves, the wages that we're going to pay somebody um, and the, the titles that we're going to compete for. Of course, we should be looking for the best players in the world at the moment. Uh, Rob, I know you're a big fan, have been for many years. Um, Pep staying, fantastic news for the club. Well, and Ruben Dyer said, great clubs have to have great managers, and we've got one, and we want to keep him. And the exciting thing is Pep's not going to sit on uh, a stool for two years just biding time. You know, he's going to reshape the team uh, in the way that he thinks is going to improve it, and he's going to spend a lot of money. So to me, that's an indication that there will be a rebuilding. I'm ashamed of some of the so-called city fans who've been saying that it's time for Pep to move on, and you know they just they're, they're just stupid if they think that. It's just uh, the most precious signing we have, and it's really encouraging that he wants to stay. And what are your thoughts, Rob, on the potential sort of Messi talk as well? Where, where do you sit on that? Is that exciting to see Messi in a City shirt or is he a bit over the hill and it just sell a few more shirts in, in parts foreign? Well, you, you, you asked this question when it was raging last time and I, I was in the minority in saying that I didn't think that Messi was the answer to our problems uh, and that Foden was, should be the centre of the team. And I was slightly mocked for that, but I, I do believe that to be the case. I'm more uh, assuaged by signing Messi now, now that we wouldn't have to pay a, a huge uh, transfer fee, which would be ridiculous, uh, although he would no doubt be very expensive on his, on his wages. But, yeah, I can, I can live with that. Wouldn't wouldn't be for more than a couple of years. Uh, would help us with our Champions League uh, efforts, and that is very important. I, I do remember that. I thought I'd just give you another opportunity, Rob, to uh, articulate your thoughts on <laughs> on Mr. Messi. <laughs> and where where, do, where are you then, Nick, on on the Messi saga? Uh, well, I, look, I think um, he's. I, I I think we'd probably get a, get a get a great year out of Messi, and I think probably probably he would be more of a positive than anything else. Um, I think it's you know it's potentially a bit of a distraction. It's uh, there's going to be a, a it's going to make a, a hell of a lot of noise on a, a sort of global stage, and it might paper over a lot of cracks. But at the end of the day, if you don't make if you don't get the results on the pitch, then 
and it's not it's not a hell of a lot of use. Um, I, I, I hear what Rob is saying about Guardiola. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to venture just to slightly be less one less than 100% positive about him than than Rob is at the at the uh, at the risk of sounding like an idiot. But um, you know, I would I would go back again to what he said after the game on Saturday night, which is I don't know what you know. He, he, he basically said we did everything we were doing two years ago, so all will be fine. Uh, and I really am not sure, I'm not really very confident that that's the case. A because a lot of other teams out there know how how to how how to counter that a lot better than they did before. And B, because we certainly don't have the strength in our, in our team and our squad um, that, we, that we had um, two years ago. We, we, the, the word Mares hasn't appeared in, in, in this, in this uh, conversation yet, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm waiting. Yeah, he's been mentioned already. Uh, I think it was it. It was either it wasn't you. It was either Stephen or Rob said that he hasn't been well, firing on all cylinders or something. They were being very polite I, about that. Well, let's, quite let's say he's not. Heights. Yeah, he hasn't quite reached the dizzy heights. I think when you look at Mares and Jesus compared to to uh, uh, to Sané and Aguero at their at their their best at, uh, at a year or two ago, you know, the, the gulf is is staggering. Do, uh, was it you, Steve? Uh, Stephen, you mentioned Mares briefly, I think, didn't you, earlier on? Yeah, I, I, I thought last season, um, I know it feels like a lifetime ago, I thought he was very good <laughs> last season. Probably one of our brighter, more consistent players. Um, but he just hasn't found that form um, this season. And, you know, it's a bit stop-start, obviously, with all the international breaks. But, you know, he seems to get the ball and... Maybe it's linked to the point I mentioned earlier, not having Walker overlapping. It means that, actually, he's quite predictable at the minute, Mara. You know, obviously, he wants to get onto his left foot and come inside, but he doesn't have that option outside him um, to keep defenders away. And um, it's, it's tricky. Um, yeah, he's, he's not, not fully firing at the moment. Nigel, well, can I, I just come in? Yeah, please, the please the last word I would use to describe Nick Goldstone is an idiot. I mean, you know, he's wise mm. and generous and, and very well informed. <laughs> um, but if you'd have seen the international game in which Torres uh, and Sane played last week, um, the better footballer by far on that occasion was Torres. Who I did. I did see it. I did you, see it. And I think, I think you're right. I mean, you know, they were playing in... They were playing in uh, two different teams, and one team was clearly playing much better than the other. Yeah. Uh, but I, 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 I mean, I think you know the point I made was that they were, I'm talking about those. I'm talking about the players at, at their peak. Uh, sure. I mean, Sané was a you know he was a glorious flying winner at his peak for City. Uh, you know, maybe that's that's the best he'll ever be. Uh, sort of 17 to 19 at, at, in Manchester. Uh, but he, he was a, he was an astonishing uh, player when he was at his best, uh, and he was what? not that great when he wasn't. Can, can, can I just make the other point, Nigel, that um, 
You know, Pep is not a god. Pep makes mistakes. But one of the good things about Pep is that he doesn't disown his players like Mourinho when things go wrong. And Mourinho's behaviour before the game was disgraceful uh, about his accusations about Sterling. But it, it is very possible that what Pep said after the game was not an indication about what he really feels because he's a wise tactician. All right, let's let's look for so. And again, just to be clear, Nick Goldstone's not an idiot, is what you were saying. I think as well. Obviously, for like, the last <laughs> very, very contestable point, to be honest. <laughs> well, we're, we're sticking with that. I, I, I trust Rob Barons. I have to say, his judgment on everything. <laughs> If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Let's look forward. Olympiakos on Wednesday away, 5.55 kickoff UK time. Stephen Allwise, a view from what is the view from a blue about this exciting Champions League fixture against the mighty Olympiakos? It was three 0 at the Etihad a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Honestly, can't remember. Um, it just <laughs> I think it was every every minute at the moment. Um, look, we're in a very good position in the group, obviously. Um, and given that I know Pep will say, you know, take every game as it comes, cliche, but. I'd like to see us rest a few players. Um, you know, we've got three wins from three, one more win from the last three games, and we'll we'll probably top the group. So I think it's a chance to to maybe rest the likes of Walker and De Bruyne, um, who've played a lot of football this season and and could do with that ninety minutes off. Um, there's enough players who are who are probably itching for a chance that that we can afford to to make a few changes. Um, so. But I, I think it's a chance to do that. We should still win. Um, I don't remember Olympiakos posing too many problems to us um, in the return game. So, so let's see. But we should come away with a win, top the group, and then it really is a chance to rotate for the last couple of games. Two changes then, Rob. See Foden start, get a few kids in. Is that how you see it? Well, I, you know, I wouldn't put described Foden as a kid. I mean, he, he's a quality No, I'm saying, Foden and some, I'm saying Foden and some kids as well, sorry. Yeah, That's I, I mean, I, I've, I would just make the point that it would be better to qualify on Wednesday night with a win and not leave uh, things hanging to difficult games against uh, teams that, that play-acted when we played them before, particularly the Portuguese. So, uh, you know, I, whatever team is selected, I think it's important to win the game. How do you see it, Nick? Yeah, I, I, I agree absolutely with Rob that uh, we should win it, we should qualify, and we should, be, we should have it done and, done and dusted because then that gives uh, 
a couple of weeks of of, of pretty of you know of, of rest uh, for the next couple of games to to lots of players. Um, but the Foden situation, I think. I mean, I think Rob said, you know, why why were he not playing on on Saturday, resting him for the European game? Uh, that just doesn't make any sense. But what I do think about Foden is that, you know, I think the best thing for him now would be to just get him battle hardened, get him into as many games as possible, let him let him play through the difficult games, the losses, the draws, the whatever, the European. I'd just get him in, you know, get him, get him playing, get him central, get him, get him absolutely embedded in this, in the middle and the center of that team. And if he's going to make it, then he'll make it. He'll make it one way or another. Um, and he's so talented that, you know, he'll do it. And, uh, you know, I want him, I want him in there. I want him up. I want him up in front of the, yeah, in front of the cameras, I want him. I want him tested. I want him injured. I want him. I want him knocked about. I want everything. <laughs> I want to see him. I want to see him turn into in a year, year or two's time, into a really top class, battle hardened Premier League player that's done it all, has got the experience, has got the scars to prove it. And we'll go on and play another eight or nine years after that. You know, I don't want to see him sat on the bench doing sure. nothing. And Nick, yeah? where, where, where would yeah. you play him? Because obviously there's, there's, he can play in different roles here. So where is his best position and where would you play him in the City team? Well, I guess he's... I'd, 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 I'd play him in, his, in, his, in the position that he's most comfortable with, which is central... You know, in the middle of the pitch, he should be. You know, why shouldn't he be doing the sort of the the, the Rodri stroke, Bernardo stroke, David Silva? Dare I say it? You know, Fernandinho. Get him, get him, get him running the team. Get him, get him central to everything. But he's either a bit more. He's got a. Everyone's got to work out whether he's either a bit more attacking or he's, or he's a bit more defensive, and probably he's a bit more of an attacking midfielder. You know, he's, he's, he's the guy who was, in the past three, four months, he's been, he's the one who's been popping up and scoring goals on the edge of the box. You know, he's sure. the one who's there when, when there's a bit of, when, when the ball comes loose in the penalty area, wherever it is, he turns up and he sticks it away. That's where he should be. That's his role. Well, all right, well, let, let's look forward and, and look at the, the league games coming up. The, the, I don't know which game Foden's going to get injured in because obviously you want him to get injured as well, I think you said as well. So we can maybe predict which game he can, he'll get injured in. But as we look forward... Burnley. <laughs> Burnley at home on Saturday. Then the next five are Villa at home, Fulham at home, Stretford away, West Brom at home, Newcastle at home, and, and, and City have got to put a run of results together, which we haven't done this year. Uh, looking at that list, it looks like there's a good opportunity there, doesn't the Rob? Starting with Burnley at the weekend, you'd like yeah, to think? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a really good opportunity to, to uh, stack up some points. And let us not forget that uh, when we won the league in 2012, we were eight points behind at Easter. So, you know, there's, there's everything still to play for. Um, and um, 
that the depth of the squad means that not every player has to play every game. And the idea of, you know, I respect the views that I'm hearing, but the idea of Foden being burnt out and injured by the time he's 22 is, is frightening to me. I think he has to be protected. Absolutely. I think, I think that was said, hopefully, with, uh, with, with tongue in, 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 uh, in cheek. But we'll see. But good. Uh, Stephen, which, which game do you think Foden's going to get injured? No, 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 ignore that. Uh, your, your thoughts about this run of games and, and City putting a, a run together? Good opportunity, I hope. Yeah, exactly right. Good opportunity. It's it's something we've done before. That you know, when we beat Liverpool by um, one point and had to win the last is it fourteen games on the trot, uh, and the season before when we got a hundred points, that was I think seventeen or eighteen games maybe consecutively that we won. We can go on those rolls and, and actually not having another international break for a while and just focusing on um, Premier League, especially if we can wrap Champions League qualification up, will help us. Um, but it's also, to a degree, I think, just recovering that aura. Um, you know, we, we are beatable. We know, we know that these days. But if we can just get back to scoring three, four, five against... You know, the likes of a Fulham and West Brom and Newcastle, who we obviously should be beating comfortably, it just helps that instill that confidence and maybe sends a message to to the other big teams that we're not just going to fall away again this season. And finally then, Nick, your, your thoughts, uh, and particularly with a focus on Burnley at the weekend then, and uh, Saturday 3 o'clock kick-off just for a change. Well, personally, I would, I would put Aguero to bed away and not not looking uh, anywhere near Burnley because um, they they have a they're on a on a mission to to tear the guy's legs off uh, and they they've been doing it for years um, so I wouldn't like to see him but uh, uh, playing in that game but uh, you know we've got us we've got to get away from playing what has been a lot of the time hail mary kind of football you know I don't want to see Carl Walker. Uh, on the edge of the opposition's penalty area, when uh, when when uh, 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 the other team are bearing down on our on our goal, um, I want to see sensible, controlled, uh, intelligent football that grinds out results when necessary. That uh, you know. I have to. I hate to say it, but we need a bit of we need a bit of Mourinho in our game. We need a bit of of, in, of intelligent, um, defensive, and deep lying game when it's needed, and then we need to to put our chances away when when they present themselves. Um, we've got a decent run now. Uh, we certainly need to put up put a decent performance together against Stratford in a few weeks' time. Um, and, you know, precarious as our position is in in the in a in a challenge for the title, um, we've got to hang in there and we've got to still be in with a shout, as you say, at, at Easter or whenever it whenever it happens to be that um, that we've got to got to be able to put a put a challenge together. Um, but um, you know, I'm 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 worried at the moment. I'm worried about our ability to uh, to really dig in 
and um, get results, get results going, and about um, Pep's ability to change his mindset and change his tactics when um, the situation requires it. Well, we need to dig in on Wednesday and Saturday. So, I want a quick prediction from you, from you all, please. Uh, Olympiacos away on Wednesday and Burnley at home on Saturday. Uh, two scores. Uh, Rob Barons. Well, you know, I never make predictions, but I, I will say I think we're going to beat Olympiacos, and then we're going to come home and beat Burnley. Thank you, Stephen. Allwise. I will say three-one against Olympiacos. And I've got a feeling we might dump Burnley. I'm going to go 5 0. <laughs> and finally, the, the, the privilege is yours, Nick. Your two predictions, please. Uh, I'm going to go a draw against Olympiakos and a win against Burnley. Fantastic. Uh, huge thanks to my three guests to Rob Bear and CTID, to A View from a Blue, Stephen Allwise, and to Nick Goldstone. This is Nigel Rothbound saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit Playback Media. Sports Social Podcast Network.